Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing? You know what? I've I've still felt better. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm still hurting from Sunday. So oh, Sunday. I, uh, Sunday was amazing. Was we got not only the whole crew together, we got Nick Hamilton to join us. We got Michael Duarte to join us. It was really like the show coming out in real life with a lot of drinks. It was fantastic. It was awesome. Yeah. I, always, I had a really, really good time. It's always tough after a holiday weekend to come back on that Tuesday. It's one of the worst feelings to wake up on that Tuesday. But it was a lot better before Jihei kind of ruined my morning because <laughs> Mitch Trubisky got named the Steelers starter. Awesome news. And then I compared Mitch to Eli Manning, assuming that and I said it was not comparable. as a Giants fan was going to have my back. And no, she <laughs> didn't have my back. So I'm a little upset. Here, here, and, I, and I told you the reason why. I told you the, it's because I, and as much as I'm so grateful for what happened, if he... If any other quarterback had those weapons and had that offensive line, you better win a Super Bowl. You better win a title. You know? Wait, no, hold up. The, the, the year that they beat the undefeated Patriots and they go into Green Bay in Lambeau Field, I mean, that was not a team that anyone thought during the course of the season. I think they were 10 and 6 or something. I mean, like, yeah, it was a that wild card. was not one of those, like, you better win. I mean, I think they shocked the Cowboys that year. They shocked the Packers that year. And they certainly shocked the world by beating the Patriots. So that, that was, like, an amazing team, right? I mean, no one thought that they were the best team in the league. Yeah, but you just proved my point that I just said they're an amazing team. And you should have. You have you to have an amazing team, though, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you have to. So, um, but, again, without that D, without that offensive line, yeah. we're not talking about Eli. We're not talking about, you know, Cruz. We're not talking about any of these you guys. You know who could chime in on this? Because I think this quarterback, now he did not win. Jimmy Garoppolo, like, like let's see if, if if he had beaten the Chiefs and they had beaten the Rams and they go on to win the, the Super Bowl. I wonder, I still think Jimmy G would have still gotten the same treatment from fans despite winning two Super Bowls. Now, he did not. Where do you stand on this? I mean, listen, at the end of the day, like Eli Manning did what he was supposed to do. He won two Super Bowls. He will be in the Hall of Fame. And you can say maybe he should not be. But I think at the end of the day, he did what he was supposed to do. Was he as good as his brother? Of course not. I mean, I think anyone can think that. But neither one of his teams, I thought, were like like all-time great, like 14-2. and two, You know, like you thought at the beginning of the year and all the way through. Like there was at no point during that those two runs that they had where I thought – this is the b- b- best team in the league. Yeah, no, and they yeah. also were both wild cards for both of those Super Bowls. So, look, but Jimmy didn't make that throw, right? Otherwise, he would have been 
the Niners quarterback still. They wouldn't have drafted Trey Lance because they would have won a Super Bowl. We saw his limitations against the Rams. I know the defense screwed up, let Stafford score a touchdown. They didn't obviously pick him when they should have, uh, Jarski Tart. But you got to think about it. Jimmy still had the chance to go and win the game or tie the game. And he didn't. He screwed up. Yeah, listen, I mean, at the at the end of the day, you win or you lose. Thankfully for um, Eli Manning, two Super Bowl championships, but still um, doesn't get the respect that he perhaps deserves from New York Giants fans. That's all good. That's all good. No. I mean, they still <laughs> love him out there. <laughs> I know. He's still, I mean, he's still loved. He won and you he's two so rings. he's so great on TV, by the way. He's, oh, he's, he's, he's transitioned wonderful. so well. He's wonderful. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and again, I'm not knocking that. I think that Eli's great. I'm very grateful that he was our quarterback. I'm just saying that, you know, if you put somebody else in that position with that line and with that perhaps. defense... You know, yeah. and if you had an actual running quarterback, can, can you imagine if the Giants had a running quarterback instead of Eli and the and had somebody with more? And I told Do you they win more two, than two Super Bowls. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that, that was that. This was not one of the best teams in the league. I mean, I at no point during the Giants wild again, they won the Super Bowl twice as a wild card team. Um Listen, I, I love that, that that you guys had this debate in the car and now like it's leading the show. But I mean, two, like, it is hard to win a Super Bowl. I mean, this idea that if if they had a mobile quarterback instead of a a guy who's going to go in the Hall of Fame, like I don't, I don't. That mobile quarterback would have gone into the Super Bowl, like, or sorry, in the, into the Hall of Fame as well. Though had 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 you had somebody that was able to dodge, dip, dive, duck, and dodge. Like, you would have had somebody that that would have still been a Hall of Famer as well. I, I hear what you're saying. When he needed to duck, dodge, dip, dip and, and dive, dive and he dodge. did, though. That was the key. And also... Because of the line, though. The line was the reason why I was able to do that. A lot of other quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, don't have that luxury. You're, you're right. It's just at that point in time, mobile quarterbacks were so rare. Yes. That it was like Eli was what he was at that time period. And also like we mentioned the wild card stuff, the guy had to go win on the road multiple times to get to where he got to. And the game that's forgotten about Aaron Rodgers' most dominant season when they were like 15 and one, that was almost like the Patriots team that was just, you know, 18 and 0 going in. Same kind of concept. Eli goes into Green Bay oh, and glorious. gets a win. It was glorious. Like, that was so unforeseen. Nobody expected that to happen. That's what they did. But also, um, I'm a huge, huge proponent of momentum. And that's what the G-Men had yeah. those two years that we won that Super Bowl. I mean, those, those were Bowls. good football teams. But again, just think about the recent teams. It's rare. I guess the 49ers are now similar to that Giants team where last year they were a wild card and they had the chance to go make the Super Bowl. And people were talking about that, too. Like Strahan even brought up. This reminds me of my New York Giants team. Just elite defense and like just timely quarterbacking and stuff like that. So I guess those Joe's Giants teams were good. They were legit. I agree with Jihei there. I love what you said about timely quarterbacking. And that's what not every average, quote unquote, average quarterback has that skill. And I think that that's where I'm trying to get at. And that's why I believe okay. that quarterback wins is an actual skill. It's not just like, oh, this quarterback is supported by, yes, you great defense, great run game, great coaching, but also third and eight, you have to make the throw, and Eli would do that, and that's why I'll always have respect for Eli. Yeah, I mean, I mean you have to realize also the ability for a quarterback to manage the game, and I know some people don't want to hear that because they're like, oh, he's just a game manager. It's really important come fourth quarter to not throw a pick, to not fumble the ball, to not try to get like that extra two yards because you're a mobile quarterback 
quarterback, but then it's like, oh, shoot, it's a fumble. And to go back to, to those two Super Bowls, in 2007, the Giants are 10 and 6. In 2011, they were 9 and 7. I mean, you, you could probably count on one hand, perhaps even one finger. I mean, 9 and 7. I mean, that's momentum. That's a team hitting their stride at the, the end of the season. And this is a Jihei's dream show so far because we have spent <laughs> a lot of time talking about it. not only the Giants, but the glory days of the Giants. All right. <laughs> Enough of this, Jihei. All right. Let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com. For details, hit it, Jihei. Well, the Angels won 10 to nothing against the Tigers, and not only did Mike Trout hit his 30th home run despite an injury ridden season, but Shohei Otani. God, he's a baller. Hit two home runs and was three and five overall. Otani now has a .270 average, 32 home runs, 85 RBIs, and an OBP of .361 at the plate with a 2.5 ERA and a 2.54 FIP. 181 strikeouts, guys, and a whip of 1.044 on the mound. Should he win the MVP despite Aaron Judge's record-setting season? This was such a Brandon Deutsch question. I mean, so many stats. I mean, nobody talks more about this team than we do, thanks to associate producer co-host Brandon Deutsch. Uh, listen, this is fantastic. What I wanted to see was this team actually show some life. Why? Because I really believe this is a transformational offseason for this team. Yep. The team will be sold, and then I think that there will be some new life there will be some new hope and at the end of the day whoever buys this team is buying a team with not only two of the top five players in the league two transcendent talents two generational talents so the future perhaps brandon looks bright yeah. no i agree this is a team that's been playing very well as of late i know they've got blown out a couple times but they've won seven out of their last 10 games it's better than the yankees the yankees are imploding right now and are gonna lose the al east which is like Sorry, one of the biggest stories. I know we're a West Coast show, but one of the biggest stories ever because they had a 15-game lead and they're going to implode. But the Angels, look, with a new owner, they'll be able to extend Shohei Otani. This, I might be biased, but I, I would vote for Shohei Otani to win MVP just because I know it's crazy and he's probably going to win every year for the next 10 years if you vote for him this year because he's just going to continue to do this. But we've never seen this. Yeah, Aaron Judge is fantastic. He's going to get 62 home runs probably, and that's great. And he'll win the award just because the East Coast bias. But Shohei Otani, I mean, he's going to have, what, 40 home runs. He's going to be the best pit, arguably the best pitcher in the American League this year and one of the top five hitters in the American League. So then, Brandon, wouldn't you think that maybe, I don't want to say give Aaron Judge the, the MVP this year just because he he has... He is a transcendent player. He's a great player. He's doing and he has having a great season. But considering that Otani's probably going to be winning, like you said, for the next ten years, and that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I, Judge is going to win. This is, yeah. this isn't this, this race is over. It, I mean, it's sad because I think Otani. Yeah, he plays on a bad team, and if they didn't have him, they'd maybe have. But do you? Wins. But the question is, should should he win? Should Ohtani Aaron Judge? Win? Win? No, no, no. Should Aaron Judge? No. Win? He shouldn't win. Okay. Is that because you're biased or is that because no, you actually I mean, look at the No, if you just look at like, okay. what Shohei can do as a player, he can do more than Aaron Judge. And yeah, it's kind of it's kind of unfair because Aaron Judge can't pitch, but it's like that's just the way it's become. We're seeing the best player that's probably ever played baseball and the best athlete in the world. Well, do, and also, doesn't the MVP normally go on a winning team? Not necessarily. Trout won multiple times on the terrible Angels team. 
So I know Tawny won last year on a terrible Angels team. So, okay. um, I mean, I agree with you. I think we are seeing gold in Otani, and we're going to be seeing it for a very long time. I mean, oh, the yeah. fact that he's gone back to back, like he's gone two years in a row with doing this, because sometimes some people they'll go one year, outshine everybody, and then you never see him again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but with Otani, we're not seeing that. We're seeing him. Just, oh, just implode and go go in the opposite direction. Go you all just the way want up. to see those type of players play significant games because right. when you look at like the all time greats, the moments you remember are at the end of the season, postseason. That's World when they Series. get their nicknames. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Jeter. I'm sure he had great moments during the course of the season. Of course he did, but it was really the postseason. So I mean, Shohei Otani, you know, pitches game one, but then hits like a home run in game one or game seven. I mean, that's when you really become a hero and like an all-time great I mean, I mean it's amazing that mike trout has not won a single playoff game he's only been in one postseason yeah. they got swept by kc i mean that's the frustration and you got to believe that trout as much as he likes it here and he's happy here and he's content here um i mean the kid's from jersey and he lives up like right on the water no no like, exactly you know, probably- and, and, and i think when people wondered you know why did he sign that long-term deal at the end of the day people here allow you to live live your life I mean, we, again we live right beside the kings um, hockey players and they won two cups in three years and if they were in canada they, they would have been mobbed if they were in canada they couldn't have walked the street and had a drink they can live a normal life right by the beach get paid great money i mean amazing money but live a life and, and so it's a really cool thing for him to say listen this is the, the life i want to live but when it comes down to playing the game you want to win Of course you want to win. You want to play games that matter. And the frustrating thing for this team, I mean, I would have never thought at the beginning of this season, remember, it was the Dodgers, Yankees, the the, the Angels, and the Mets. Top four teams, both in top two uh, places in Los Angeles and New York. So, yeah, I mean, my hope is that new... uh, New, new people can bring new blood and, and, and help this team turn around because again they have two of the top five players so hopefully the future looks bright for this team yeah well the future looks bright for this next team USC demolished yes. Rice 66 to 14 Arash was, you, you were at that game in the first game under new head coach Lincoln Riley they travel to Stanford this weekend in what should be a good matchup what are your expectations for this game coming up and for the season after their first win listen so I mean the, the, the game kind of turned out the way that a lot of people had thought I did kind of think about our conversations about this team at the beginning of the game where you're thinking oh defensively not very good now listen at the end of the day you can't really complain too much when you win 66 to 4 14, but the beginning of the game where uh, they, you know, they got some first downs and they were able to run the ball and control the clock. I'm like, this is rice for goodness sake. Now, what is Stanford going to do? So, um, listen, I'm very excited about this team. I think they're going to put up a ton of points. The question is still defensively. And the bigger question is the secondary. You know, if, if, if they can find a way to somehow shore up that defense and what could maybe be the case with this team is which is the case with a lot a lot of really good teams a bend but don't break defense where listen they they may give up a ton of yards you may drive down the field but when you get right down to it they're gonna get a turnover they're gonna get that pick six so i love what i saw but obviously now begins the real test for this team yeah i do think now it's funny because 
everyone's like, oh, they should have stayed in the Pac-12. I mean, look what happened in week one. I hate to say it. Utah didn't do well against Florida and Oregon got, Oregon got smacked. I mean, an FCS team would have played better. I was just so Georgia. sad for the Pac-12. Oh, I mean, really? and, yeah. And now USC, who had four wins last year, is the Pac-12's best shot to make the CFP after one week. <laughs> so I mean, this is crazy. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this team can't make it. I know Nick Hamilton was talking to us on Sunday saying, oh, this team's gonna win maybe nine games. I think they win 10 or 11. I really do. I mean, just looking at their schedule, I know it was against Rice, but they look really dominant. Look at their schedule. I mean, what? Okay, Stanford, I'm not, you know, discounting That's always a them. tough game, but USC will win. Nine-point favorites. And then after that, you got Fresno State at home, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State. All our trap games, those should all be wins. And then you go into Utah, and that's the and that's the that, test. That's the game. That's the game, yeah. right? If they go into Utah and they win that game, all they need to do is beat Notre Dame. In, you know, I'm a, isn't that game at Notre Dame or is that at yeah, as it is South Bend? It is. Uh, it, is that the Coliseum? Coliseum. So Coliseum. Coliseum. Yeah. Okay. They they really, yeah. They, if they win that game, they have a shot to be the number three overall seed and make the CFP. That'd so it's really not out. Everyone's just like, oh, this is, this is not going to be a big turnaround. But it's like, why it not? Could be. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, my only no. complaint about USC is their Coliseum. You guys need to add misters to that oh, to that great. central area because well, it's like they over really should have I mean there. they did no uh, they did a disservice to fans in Los Angeles the Rose Bowl and again listen I mean we, we, we can kind of joke about the crowd at those games but it's 100 degrees and nobody wants to be in the heat with that uh, so like to have a 3pm kick a 3pm kickoff or a noon kickoff you know it's going to be hot it was hot a year ago it was a hot a year before that like figure out a way to have a kickoff at a if again if it's in the summer or at the beginning of the season 6pm sometime when the sun yeah, comes later. down but yeah no there's no mystery I mean, we're, we're just happy that the seats are still uh, filled in. <laughs> you know, but yeah, the Rose Bowl looked really bad. The, I mean, they announced that crowd as 27,000. It was less than 10, I mean, maybe 10,000, which again is not only bad, but in like infinitely worse when you're talking about a 90,000 seat stadium, you know? I mean, it looked extremely bad. Like, yeah. Then again, they're playing Bowling Green. Well, like, that's no, you, there's no, yeah. I mean, they, they, there's not going to be a big crowd for that yeah. game. And again, 100 degrees. I mean, who's going to sit for that game? But that was brutal. That was tough to watch. Yeah. No, definitely. I, but here's the, here's the thing. When when it comes to SC, I I love you guys' chances. I'm just waiting for the, the real test. The real test yeah. that you guys have in Notre Dame, right? Um, and in Utah, I mean, Utah still, they may have got smacked, but they looked good. They still looked good. Any nerves going into Stanford? Always. I mean, people forget. I mean, it's not a trap game at this point, but I mean, there's been so many championship seasons or seasons where I thought this team was going to be good, where they go to Palo Alto or they go to Corvallis or they go to Pullman. And it's like, people don't realize, like, forget how good they are this year that's a tough game that is a very tough game so i i i hope usc finds a way to win because again you're 100 right like when you look at these schedule should be a win should be a win should be a, be a win but they're all trap games i mean those are all teams in the pac-12 that they could be hard but yeah i mean at the end of the day if they find a way to beat utah um i really like this team's chances and again that would be an amazing turnaround from a below 500 team to a team that's playing in the college football playoff and, and again we have to remember when we talk about that the championship game this year will be at at sofi so we saw what Oregon did, obviously, against Georgia. How do you think this, I know it's one game into the Lincoln-Riley era, but how do you think they would match up right now against a team like Georgia? 
That's a tough one. I mean, defensively is where I still have a problem with this team. I mean, I think the final score is not indicative of what kind of transpired in the first half, mainly because you get three pick sixes. So, that, I mean, that kind of turned the trajectory of the game. I mean, if they, they, if they don't get that pick six before the first half, it's a one-score game against Rice. So, I, I really have to kind of keep that in mind and say they look good. It was a blowout. The offense looked amazing. But we've talked about it from the beginning of the season. And it, and it wasn't really a joke. I said, if they're going to score a ton of points, they're going to have to find a way to win games 50 to 40, 50 to 49 even. like. And if they can score, I like their chances. But against Georgia, I, no, they're not. They're not that, This they're, year, they're not beating an Alabama, Ohio State, or Georgia. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, they could probably be, but not not those three. Yeah, but, I mean that's gonna. There's gonna have to be a few more years. Not under. a few more. Not a few more. Next year, this team is the, tra- the transfer portal changed the course They're, of how yeah. quickly teams can change. Yeah. And people got to remember when Pete Carroll came to USC, they were six and six his first year. The very next year, Carson Palmer wins the Heisman, and they are a championship contending team. That's pre-transfer portal. So, I mean, again, they will contend this year, but going into next year, they shore up that defense, bring in the players that that they want, that they're going to be right back in the thick of things. All right, let's uh, leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Dave Smith. When we return on the mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details, and here he is, my good friend, the sports god himself, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? Hey, Rosh, good. How are you? I'm good. Dave, uh, the beginning of the Lincoln-Riley era at USC began well, uh, 66-14 to final score, although there were times in, in that game, Dave, where I'm watching that game and saying, not a great defense. Secondary has is not that good. But Dave, they they did what they were supposed to do, and they did what I think that they will do this season. They will score a ton of points. D- defense will be the question for this team. Dave, your thoughts of the first game with the USC Trojans? 
Well, they looked really good. As you said, uh, three, uh, what, three pick sixes by the defense. And uh, again, it was rice, though. So I think you take it with a grain of salt, but they just, they just look better than they have in the last two years under uh, Gomer Helton. And then, uh, um, and the enthusiasm out of USC, people are excited again about the football team. And uh, I think that Lincoln Riley is going to do a great job as long as he lasts at USC, Ross. But you brought up the point, the defense, that's, that's going to be the test. I think they play Stanford next. So uh, we'll see because, you know, Lincoln's teams in Oklahoma, Ross, they won a lot of games, you know, 50 to 40 and 60 to 50, and they gave up a ton of points and they couldn't stop anybody. Yeah, Dave, I wanted to ask just a follow-up question. We were just talking about whether USC could, you know, get into the CFP as soon as this year. I know that's a stretch, but they are the best shot in the Pac-12 after Utah lost and and Oregon got demolished last week. What would they need to do, and do you think they can go in um, and beat uh, Utah and Utah and then Notre Dame at the Coliseum this year? Uh Sure, I'm, I'm sure they're capable of it with with the new players they have and the transfers, especially a quarterback. But uh, they're going to have to go undefeated, uh, I, I would think, uh, because uh, I don't think any Pac-12 team can get in with one loss. So they're going to have to run the table and go undefeated. And you mentioned the tough ones, uh, Notre Dame with the Coliseum and then at Utah. So um, we'll see. Do I think them? I I don't think they're going to go undefeated. So I don't think they'll make it this year. But Certainly, I think uh, in the future, yes, under Lincoln Riley. Uh, Dave, you had some good thoughts on Twitter. You are the sports guy, so that's not a, a shocking uh, thing. But we were uh, we are on the air in Hawaii, as you know, and I think Hawaii football. You touched on it, Dave. Sleeping Giant again. They you know they are in the process of building a brand new football stadium. They, um, I mean, I, I love the time frame for their games. I mean, I think every degenerate gambler out there has had a midnight uh, score watching session while they're watching the late night game. It's in paradise, as you know, Dave, right by the beach. Uh, take us through the idea for the Pac-12 and how Hawaii. San Diego State, how they would um, really make that conference a good conference. You know, if the Pac-12 decides to stay together, uh, assuming USC and UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Cal, Stanford don't go to the uh, don't go to the Big Ten, uh, and, and I think the odds are pretty good. Maybe they'll stay together now that they're going to expand the playoff to twelve. And the Pac-12 will probably get a bit every year. Um, I, I, I think Hawaii would be a great fit. Uh, uh, San Diego State, Fresno, Hawaii, uh, teams like that, I'm sure. Uh, UNLV, maybe, uh, w- w- with Las Vegas being a place where people would love to travel. But I think Hawaii, uh, you put it best to us. I think they're a sleeping giant. Now, they're 0-2 now. They're going to the big house to play Michigan on Saturday. And I think they're 50-point underdogs yeah. for this game. And I feel, I feel bad for Timmy Chang, the new coach, who's one of the great players that ever played in Hawaii. But, boy, I think Arasha... I don't know if you agree with me about this or not, but if I think the recruiting overnight would be much better if, if they joined the Pac-12. The new stadium coming in, uh, I think the other teams in the conference, their fans would travel because who doesn't want to go to Hawaii? Uh, if, if they kept their talent home in Hawaii, and they have great high school football and a lot of blue-chip players in Hawaii, if they could keep their talent home, they'd be a top-25 team every year. So I think that's the key because their best players all go to the mainland. Like, uh, Marcus Mariota yeah. won a Heisman Trophy at Oregon. Tua, uh, if they could keep their talent home and they were in the back club, I think Hawaii would be 
Uh, as you said, Ross, a sleeping giant. And Dave, I think with the new rules with college football, this is what could potentially help them. Schools can now effectively say, hey, if you come here, we will pay for your mom, dad, brother, sister to come to games. You're effectively saying, hey, come play in Hawaii. And like every home game of the season, they could have a vacation in Hawaii. I mean, what parent, what family yeah. wouldn't say, hey, listen, like I know it's a 50-50 between Tuscaloosa, Alabama, in Honolulu, Hawaii. But like this school is saying, hey, like every home game, you know, we got your flight ticket. We got your um, hotel. I mean, that again, Dave, game changer right there. Absolutely. Yes. And um, I, I just think they would be a great fit in the Pac-12 if the conference stays together. So I would love to see Hawaii in the conference. And, you know, and how many will they expect? Will they bring in two? Will they bring in four? Uh, that remains to be seen, but hopefully Hawaii will be one of them. And you know what? Let, let, let's say Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, Cal, Stanford, the rumored teams go to the Big Ten. Now, if that happened, what happens to Oregon State and Washington State? I I, I think they should go to Arash, and then the, the Big Ten West, you could have the old Pac-8 together. That would be the Big Ten West and bring them in. And there's also a rumor, Arash, you know, I'm a Oregon Duck guy, a former Oregon Duck, that the state of Oregon and the state of Washington, the politicians and legislators up there, don't want to see Oregon and Washington leave without taking Oregon State and Washington State with them because that would do catastrophic financial harm to the two state schools up there if Oregon and Washington leave without them, and they might not let them do it. Yeah, Dave, I wanted to ask you about the Shohei Otani and the Angels. We just had this conversation whether he deserves the MVP after a two-home run night and obviously being arguably the best pitcher in the American League this season. Also, against Aaron Judge, who might hit 62 home runs. So what are your thoughts there? Who would you vote for? Uh, I would go Shohei, uh, because the fact that you just brought it up about the unbelievable um, Shohei Otani. What, 11 wins as a pitcher this year in an ERA of 2.6, along with two more home runs last night. I think he's got, what, 34 home runs now? And 32, He's yeah. on his way to... 32. Okay, he's on his way maybe to 40 and 100 again this year. And if, if he played on a decent team, he's a he's a 20-game winner. Maybe on a different team. He's lost so many close games this year. It's just, I think he's the first pitcher ever I read the other day with 11 wins and, uh, and over 30 home runs in a season. Babe Ruth had 10 wins and he hit 29 one year. He's doing things nobody in the history of baseball has ever done before. Hey, Dave, it is officially week one of the NFL season. I want to know if you have either a team, a sleeper team for week one, or a sleeper maybe player that you're excited to see um, this coming Sunday. Uh, yeah, I, I've been saying, I think the sleeper team are going to be the Saints. Uh, it's, it's funny, nobody's really talking about them as a Super Bowl contender or a Super Bowl team. You look at you look at that offense with uh, Alvin Kamara, the, the, the rookie Chris Olave from Ohio State, Michael Thomas, who didn't play last year. They have an explosive offense, Jameis Winston, the quarterback. So I think the Saints are a team you have to look out for, and that's a play. And I'll tell you what, uh, I I think a, a dark horse for MVP could be Jameis Winston, the quarterback. Uh, again, a guy nobody's talking about. He had what fourteen touchdowns and three interceptions last year before he hurt his knee. Against against Tampa Bay, they started out five and two. Uh, I think if he stays healthy with Michael Thomas and Olave and all the weapons he has on offense, and they have arguably the best defense in the NFL. 
I think, boy, I'd like to get a little bit of money down on Jameis' MVP. I think he's something like 75 to 1. I hit up the other day. Yeah, so the Saints and Jameis, I think, are the, are the two dark horses. Um, speaking of dark horses, let's go the opposite direction. Who do you think is just the massive, in your opinion, massive favorite to uh, to win a Super Bowl this year or even just just, w- just in week one? Let's just stick with week one, actually. <laughs> Well, I would say the team coming into L.A. on Thursday uh, for the opening game, the Buffalo Bills, I think they're the Vegas favorite to go to the Super Bowl and win it. So uh, they came. How close did they come last year with that miraculous win that the Chiefs had at home over the Bills in the playoffs? So uh, I, I would say certainly Buffalo looks like the favorite to get to the Super Bowl and win it this year. Well, I, I wanted to, uh, um, I really wanted to switch gears over to the U.S. Open. Um, I know this is a really yeah, random question. I love tennis. I know. It's so weird, but I, I do. I love it. I think it's great. It's a wonderful individual game where, you know, you can't have the coach there for you. You have like, you're literally on your own over there, right? Um, right now, there is not really any star power, right? Nadal just got kicked out um, yesterday um, and... Jokic isn't there. There's just so there's no star power. Um, Venus, Serena, they're all gone. There's no like major star power. How do you think that U.S. Yeah. Um, the U.S. Open, what's which is supposed to be the hottest ticket, you know, um, in New York? Um, how do you think that they're they're going to be doing as far as ratings, as far as just maybe relevance? In my in my opinion, because ain't nobody watching this this series at least. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's ridiculous, and I think it's unfair and uh, a crime that Novak isn't allowed to play. And I agree. So let, let, let's get let's get that out of, out of the way right now. It's 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 um uh, it's a crime that he's not allowed to play. So anyway, let's get that out of the way. But <laughs> with him not there, and with uh, you know Federer not playing this year, and Nadal out, and um, yeah, it's wide open, and anybody can win, and. Uh, it's looking like the, the favorite right now is Nick Kyrgios from Australia. And I love Kyrgios in Washington play and I, because uh, he has some personality. He kind of reminds <laughs> me of Connors and McEnroe and Ely Nastasi back in the day. You never know when the blow-up's going to happen. And uh, <laughs> he, He's hilarious out there. And finally at 27, it looks like he's taking tennis seriously and he's focused. And He made the final at the Wimbledon and he's on his way maybe to winning the U.S. Open here today. So... Uh, I, I love what he's doing. Um, I'm curious, but I, how great a story is Francis Tiafo? That That's uh. the guy I'm pulling for. You, you look at, and he beats Rafael Nadal yesterday. You look at his story. Uh, his family emigrated from Sierra Leone in Africa when he was four or five years old. Uh, they come over here. His father gets a job as a custodian at a tennis center in College Park, Maryland. And because uh, because he's well liked as a custodian there, and the people like him as an employee, the owners, Francis, they they waive the normal you know uh, fee that it takes to be a member there, and they and, and the fees to get tennis lessons. So he was allowed to go onto the courts, and he was allowed to get free tennis lessons. And uh, my goodness, look what's happened here! Um, it's kind of a Williams sister scenario when they came out of Compton. Uh, the the fact that he's what in the round of eight right now, and one of the favorites to win it, and he beat Nadal yesterday. It is such a fantastic story. If anybody knows his background, and I think everybody's pulling for him. He, he's the guy I'm pulling for most to win this U.S. Open. And what about Coco? Because she, her story is, I, I mean, yeah. that girl is a darling when it comes to women's tennis. She is somebody that you just always want to root for, um, and she's now in uh, in the uh, in the running. Yeah, she's playing today, right? Yep. Coco, and yep. uh, with a chance to get to the semis at the U.S. Open, and she just turned 18 
earlier this year. So yeah, what, what a future! Six feet tall, great yep. athlete, and uh, uh, she's going to win multiple major titles. By the way, I think uh, uh, in her career. So yeah, I'm definitely definitely looking forward to watching her play. And by the way, how about Jessica Pagula? Into the uh, eight. She is the daughter of the Pagulas who yeah. own the Buffalo Bills, who are coming out here on Thursday. So uh, her parents own the Bills, and, <laughs> and she's into the round of eight, and she's playing Iga Swiatek, who's the number one player in the world here coming up. So that's another great story. Yeah, Dave, I wanted to ask you about the Rams season outlook. I know you're pretty high on them, like everyone is, but they do have the toughest schedule in the NFL. I think the Niners can go toe-to-toe with them, although the Rams have a better roster overall. But we know what happens usually in the season. The Niners either take one or two. I, what is it going to be harder than usual to win this division? I mean, Arizona is no slouch this season either. Oh, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a really, really tough division. And uh, I don't think the Rams are going to get there to the Super Bowl again this year. I know it's like, you gotta be, you got to be lucky. You have to be good. And it's difficult to repeat what everybody's gunning for you. Uh, to, to get two in a row, but certainly the Rams are a talented team, as talented as any team in the NFL, well-coached, but uh, boy, I, it, it all depends on Trey Lance, you know, and I know uh, you're a 49ers fan, as I am, so uh, how well is he going to play? Uh, he hasn't really been a starter for, what, two years now, because he played, his spot played last year, he missed his uh, senior year, with an, his last year with an injury in college, so it's, uh, but I love the fact that Jimmy G's back, and they're going to keep him around as a high-paid insurance guy as the backup quarterback. So, yeah, I like the Niners' chances this year, particularly if Trey Lance plays well. And uh, and we all know if if the 49ers get that interception late in the fourth quarter, that can of corn that Matthew Stafford <laughs> threw up there and hits the guy right in the chest, and he doesn't catch it. The 49ers are in the Super Bowl last year. Yep, Dave, uh, I wanted to ask you about. Bronny James, um, he and his father were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. As you know, Dave, you, you, you're not too far from Sierra Canyon. Your, your thoughts on yeah. the hype around Bronny James this upcoming season? Like, I could say that one of the most talked about uh, teams in California this year will be the C- Sierra Canyon team. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much you've seen him play. He's, uh, he has a lot of upside, and he's a really good player, Arasha. Um, but he, you look and see, I watched Sierra Canyon play several times last year. He wasn't one of the five best players on the team last year. So, uh, and he's projected now, I think it's a second round draft choice, uh, in the NBA in a couple of years. And who knows, you know, Arasha, uh, you know, as a former high school coach, I, I've seen kids between their junior and senior years that have made just an unbelievable, uh, uh, jump in skills. So, uh, he, he's definitely talented. Um, It'll be interesting to see how good Sierra Cannon is this year. They graduated a lot of players and a lot of players in the NBA now. But, you know, they, at Arash, as you know, they just reload. They recruit from all over the country. You look at their roster. The, the, every year it's a new team with new kids. So they're going to be really good this year. And I like Ronnie a lot as a player. Uh, I think he's a little overrated, though, Arash. I don't know if you've ever seen him play. I, I don't think he kind of lives up to the hype right now. Dave, speaking of... Uh, by the, the way, by the way, his brother's going to be the real star. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be, be my question. Player. 
Yeah, yeah. that was yep. going to be my other question. He, he does. He does look great in terms of hype. The Clippers. Right. Yep. The Clippers went to the Rico Hines runs last week, and the big story was John Wall and how he looked like his old self. The athleticism looked back, all those types of things looked great. How much stock do you put into those summer type of atmosphere, summer runs? Because in the past, we've seen it proved to be fruitful, and we've also seen stuff like, I remember there was a year where Ben Simmons was shooting a ton of three-pointers, and then you get to the regular season, and he, he doesn't shoot. So how much stock do you put into those kinds of things, and specifically into John Wall and the Clippers? Uh, well, I don't think statistically you can put a lot of stock into it, uh, Grant, because nobody's really playing defense in those things, and it's up and down, and the guy's having a lot of fun, but you know, I think John Wall's going to be okay. You put he didn't play last year, but it wasn't because he wasn't healthy. He was ready to go. They just Houston just didn't want him to get an injury because they kept trying to trade him. But the year before that, I think, didn't he average 20 points a game and shoot close to 50% from the floor for the Rockets? He had a pretty good year, and uh, there's no doubt about the talent that he has. So I think he's going to be good for the Clippers this year. Uh, Dave, uh, Tyson Fury once again is in the news. And again, we've, yep. we've t- talked about this. I mean, the idea that Tyson Fury has done is ridiculous. I mean, he definitely will uh, fight again. He sent an offer to the uh, Team Joshua for a potential fight. Your thoughts on what is next for Tyson Fury? Wow. Uh, he, he's got a fight coming up, but hopefully it's going to be Tyson Fury and uh, Alexander Usyk for the yeah. undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. Hopefully that is next. And uh, as much as I like Usyk, I think Fury wins that fight as well. Uh, you know, too big and too strong for him. So I, I like, he's improved a lot as a fighter. He's another guy with a good personality and very funny. And I think he's good for boxing, kind of like a stand up comedian. So <laughs> hopefully he, he doesn't retire like he says he's going to do. And uh, uh, I, I think clearly he's the best heavyweight in the division. And I hope it's Usyk next and, and not Anthony Joshua. And, uh, but how about Andrew Ruiz from Southern California yeah. with a good win over King Kong Ortiz over the weekend? And he's going to fight Deontay Wilder next, I'm reading. And that ought to be a slugfest. That'll be a really good fight. I mean, that's the fight that, that I want to see. Uh, I mean, because Ruiz was, you know, like the darling of the world after he won the world uh, championship there. Uh, yeah, I mean, but again, I, I think I'm really excited for the upcoming fights we have this year going into next year, Dave. Again, beginning September with Canelo, Triple G in Las Vegas. Yeah. I, I think anytime you get Canelo in the mix around that holiday, as you know, mid-September, always a big fight. Um you're again. We we talk about it every week. But your thoughts going into that fight again? He's training in San Diego, heading to Vegas shortly. Uh, again, I love that fight. And but I, I, it would be amazing if Triple G actually got that win again. We both agree that Triple G won the first two fights. It would be amazing yep. if he finally, legitimately, without any question, got that win. <laughs> Well, I think, unfortunately, for Triple C, it's going to have to knock him out. Yeah. And with those Las Vegas judges, uh, he's not going to get a break there against Canelo. And now he's 40 years old, so I think you got to favor Canelo in this yeah. fight. I think, well, that's a week from, if that's a week from Saturday. A week Ross, from Saturday, it's, Dave. It's, it's going to be... It's there's no buzz. I know. There's no buzz on this <laughs> like there was for the first two. I, I forgot yeah. it was coming up a week from Saturday. So I know. It should be another really good fight. I certainly... I think everybody's counting Triple G out, which is a big mistake. Yeah. He's already beaten him twice, and Canelo's coming off the loss to Dimitri Bivol. So, uh, 
Yeah. I can't. And by the way, <laughs> Bivol and Zerto coming up. Look out for Zerto from L.A. against the Bivol, too. That he, He's a really good live dog in that fight. That's right. All right, Dave, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.